KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, today is Tuesday, Tet Cheshvan, the ninth day of Cheshvan, Shur in Parshat HaShavua, by Havav David Silverberg. In Parshat Lechlecha, we read about the Brisbane Habasarim, the Nevoah that Avraham receives, in which he is promised that he will have a lot of children, a great nation will emerge from him, and that he will, his descendants will inherit Eretz Yisrael. And as part of Bris bin Habsarim, Avram Avinu is also informed about the Shibud Mitzrayim, about the Galos, the exile, the subjugation that his descendants will suffer um, in a future generation. We read in Bereshit's Perak Tezvav, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vayomer li Avram yadoa teda ki gar yeh zarecha be'eretz lo'lohem, v'avadum v'inu osam arba mi'os shana. Avram Avinu is told, he's informed that his, descend- his descendants will be subjugated for a period of 400 years. And the topic that I'd like to discuss is the uh, seeming contradiction between this Pasuk and a, pas- and a Pasuk in Sefer Shmos in Parshas Bo, Perak Yud Beis, in summarizing the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the story of the Exodus. There we read that the Shibut actually lasted 430 years. I'm reading from Shmos, Perak Yud Beis, Pasuk Mem, Umoshav b'nei Yisrael ha-shirshu b'mitzrayim shloshim shana v'yabam yoshana. Pasuk says explicitly that it was 430 years that B'nai Israel were subjugated in Egypt, and it was not just 400 years. So we're going to discuss a little bit uh, about this topic, about the different approaches taken in this topic. Um, we'll focus on uh, the, the fascinating approach of Chazal and the various issues that emerge from that, uh, that are involved with that approach. And if there's time at the end, we'll touch upon some of the other approaches that were taken. Uh, the material that I'm using uh, in this shear. It should be noted, um, it's taken from a sefer called Maim Rabim. It's a sefer by a Talmud Chacham in Baltimore named Rav Mordechai Frankel. And it's a sefer on issues involving chronology in Tanakh. And he has a very thorough uh, treatment of this topic. And uh, pretty much the Makaros that I'll be discussing here were uh, mentioned by him in that, uh, in that sefer. So Rashi there in Parshas Bo, he quotes from the Medrash, um, the following explanation, the following resolution for uh, this contradiction between the two Pesukim. Rashi says that essentially the, the two Pesukim are speaking about the same period, with the exception of the fact that their starting point is different. When HaKadosh Baruch tells Avram Avinu about a 400-year period of subjugation, he's referring to the time from the moment when Yitzchak Avinu was born. Remember, the prophecy is Hashem tells Avraham that his offspring it will be foreigners in a foreign land. And the moment his offspring is born, the moment Yitzchak is born, he is born into a condition of of, of being a ger, of being a foreigner. Avraham Avinu did not enjoy sovereignty of power in Eretz Canaan. He was a foreigner. And Yitzchak was born into that condition. So essentially the period foreseen here in Brisbane Habasarim began with the birth of Yitzchak, and 400 years later uh, it ended with B'nai Yisrael's freedom from Mitzrayim. Um, just incidentally, this is the source of the notion, the famous notion, that B'nai Yisrael spent 210 years in exile in Egypt. It's not written anywhere explicitly in the Chumash that they spent 210 years in Mitzrayim. It's alluded to, Rashi brings down in uh, Parshas Miketz, Redu Shama Al Ta'amod, but it's never explicitly mentioned in the Chumash. It comes from here, the 400 years. Yitzchak Avinu, Yitzchak Avinu, as we said, that began, his birth began the period of 400 years. Yitzchak was 60 years old when he gave birth, when Rivka gave birth to Yaakov, when Yaakov Avinu was born. Yaakov goes to Mitzrayim, 
as we read in Parshas Vayigash, he and all his children or grandchildren, they all leave Canaan and settle in Mitzrayim to escape the famine. He is 130 years old. We know that from Parshas Vayigash. That's what he tells Paro. He's 130 years old. So that takes place 190 years after Yitzchak's birth. So there's 210 years remaining until the 400 period, uh, 400 year period ends, and that's where we get the notion of the 210 years. Anyway, so that's the nevuah here in Parashas Parak Tezvav of Brisbane Habsar, and those are the 400 years. When we are told in Sefer Shmos that the period lasted 430 years, that pasuk began counting, so to speak, from Brisbane Habsarim itself. Hashem told Avram Avinu about the Shibin Mitzrayim 30 years prior to Yitzchak's birth. And what the Pasuk is telling us in Parshas Bo, in Sefer Shmos, is that the Exodus took place 430 years after it was foreseen, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu informed Avram Avinu that it would take place. Which means that the Brisbane Habasarim was conveyed, that Nevuah was conveyed to Avram Avinu 30 years before the birth of Yitzchak. That's what Rashi brings down in his parish in Parshas Bo. It's based on uh, several Midrashic sources. However, this, uh, this resolution to the problem gives rise to, an, to a, a glaring chronological problem. We know from Pasha's Vayera that when Yitzchak Avinu was born, Avram is 100 years old. So according to the Medrash brought down by Rashi, Avram beheld the Brisbane Havasarim when he was 70 years old, 30 years earlier. The problem is that in the very beginning of Pasha's Lechlecha, the Torah tells us that Avram Avinu moved from Haran to Eretz Kenan, meaning the command of Lechlecha, Hashem's command to Avram Avinu to leave Haran and to leave in Eretz Yisrael, that happened when Avram Avinu was 75 years old. So it turns out, according to the Medrash, the Bris bin Habasarim took place five years before the beginning of Parshas Lechlecha, before Avram Avinu moves to Eretz Kenan. So the first problem is the one of involves the sequence of presentation in the Torah. Parshat um, Lechel begins when Avram Avinu is 75 years old and he moves to Canaan. And that's in Parakid Beis. And then three Parakim later, Parak Tezvav, we have Brisbane Habasarim, which according to the Medrash, took place five years before Parakid Beis. So that itself uh, is not necessarily a problem, as we all know. In the Torah, the Torah does not necessarily follow chronological sequence. Uh, in fact... There's a b'risa, which is known as the b'risa of Rabbi Lezer ben Rabbi Yossi Aglili, which is, uh, it's quoted at the beginning of the Medrash Rabbah, and it mentions various uh, exegetical rules that one needs to bear in mind when learning Chumash, and one of them is this klal, this principle of Ein Tzedemukta Mumuchar Batara, and Adafka brings this very example. It follows this view that Brisbane Absarim took place before Avram, before um, when Avram Avinu was 70, before he was 75, and therefore Perak Tezvav occurred before Perak Yudbeis, and that's the example of Ein Tzedem Uktum Mumuchar So that is not necessarily the problem. But there's a much more difficult problem. At least in two psukim in Perak Tezvav, in Brisbane Hapasarim, it emerges very, very clearly that Avram Avinu was already in Eretz Yisrael at the time of this Nevuah. For one thing, in Pasuk Tezayin, Hashem says to Avram, Vidor Revi'i Yashuvu Haina. The fourth generation, fourth generation from Avram Avinu, will return to here. Obviously referring to Eretz Yisrael. Okay? B'nai Israel's aspirations in Mitzrayim were not that they should return to Haran, they, were, they wanted to return to Eretz Yisrael. So obviously, Vidor Revi'i Yashuvu Haina means that they're going to return to Eretz Yisrael. Likewise, at the very end of the parak, 
in Pasuk Yudchetz. Bayom Ahu Karas Hashem as Avram Bris Neymar, Lezarachot, Nasati as Aaret Hazos. That day, at this Bris Ben Habsarim, HaKadosh Baruch made a Bris, he made a covenant with Avram, saying, Lezarachot, Nasati as Aaret Hazos, this land. He said, I'm giving you this land. And in fact, he even specifies, Minahar Mitzrayim, Vada Adan Aragadol, Nahar Pras, etc. This land is obviously referring to Eretz Yisrael. So, how could that be? If Avram Avinu didn't move to Eretz Yisrael until he was 75, and according to the Medrash, Brisbane Habsarim took place when he was 70, how is that possible that they were in Eretz Yisrael? So therefore, the Seder Olam, which is a, um, it's a book of chronology of Chumash, from, it's, a, it's from the time of the Tanoim, attributed to Rabbi Yossi, the Seder Olam holds that Avram Avinu went to Eretz Canaan twice. He first left Charan to go to Eretz Canaan at the age of 70, and that's when he beheld this prophecy of Brisbane Abbasarin. Then he went back to Charan for five years. And at the beginning of Lachacha, when it, when it tells that Avram Avinu returned to, uh, went to Canaan at the age of 75, it refers to his second and final trip from Charan to Eretz Canaan. That turned out to be the permanent move, when he moved permanently to Eretz Canaan. So that's a tremendous Kiddush. One who reads these psukim here in Parshat Lachacha would never, uh, never have believed that. That's really not the impression we have, but that's what Chazal say. That's the view of the Seder Olam. It also it appears in Medrash Rabbah, in the Barachis Rabbah. It's quoted as a view of Rabbi Nechemia. That Rabbi Nechemia holds, or Rabbi Yudah there disagrees, but Rabbi Nechemia holds that when Akash Baruch says Lech Lecha, the words Lech Lecha allude to two different uh, goings, if we could put it that way. The original move that Avram Avinu made from Charon to at the age of 70, and then five years later he moved again. That was his final move to Eretz Canaan. That is the view of Seder Olam. We find a variation of this approach, of this view, in a Tosos and Masechus Brachos Dav Zayin. Tosos there is discussing the chronology. Um, he's not referring directly to Brisbane Abbasarim, although that's only involved. He is speaking about the chronology of the war between the four kings and the five kings, which the Torah tells one parak earlier. The parak before Brisbane Abbasarim, parak Yedalid, we read about the, f- the war between the four kings and the five kings. So let's just brief- briefly review the five kings. The five kings are the kings of Stom, Amora, Admetzvayim, and Tsar. Basically the region of Stom, the five cities that made the region, that uh, comprised the region of Stom. And they waged war against uh, the four eastern empires, uh, basically Bavel, uh, more or less uh, Mesopotamia, that area. And the Torah says at the beginning of Perak Yudalid that the four kings subjugated the five kings. The five kings were servants of the four kings for a period of 12 years. Shana of Omer, it says. And then, and, then, and, then they, and then they rebelled. And then we have this war. Now, the background of Tosos' discussion is a comment in the Gemara Masechah Shabbos, Dav Yud, Dav Yud Amabez. And uh, I'll, just briefly, uh, I'll just briefly go over what the Gemara says based on how Rashi uh, understands it. The Gemara is, wants to determine how long did Stom exist as a city. From the moment it was built, it was settled, until the moment it was destroyed, as we know, the city and the, the whole region of Stom, all those five cities were destroyed as we read in next week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayera. So the Gemara there says like this, All mankind were living before, during the Dor HaFlaga, the generation of the, uh, of the, of the dispersion. Migdal Bavel, they were all living in, uh, in Bavel, in, the, in that valley of Shinar. So therefore, Sodom could have been settled and populated only after Migdal Bavel. 
So the Gemara says that that's when Stone became a city, at the event of Migdal Bavel. Now, there's a Medrash that says, uh, elsewhere, Rashi means it down in his parish, Al-Humish, that Migdal Bavel, the story of Migdal Bavel occurred in the final year of the life of Peleg. The Pasuk says in Parshas Noach that Peleg was thus named Kibiyamav Niflegaharetz, because the land became dispersed, so to speak, during his uh, during his lifetime. That was the last year of Peleg's life. I will not go through the whole Cheshpan, but if you work out the calculation based on what we know from the end of Parshas Noach, it turns out that Avram Avinu was 48 years old at the time of, of Migdal Bavel. So Chazal say that's when Stone became a city. Stone was founded, the city of Stone, that area was founded and settled when Avram Avinu was 48 years old. So now we can figure out how for how many years Stone existed as a city. Because, as we know, in next week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayera, the Malachim, at the beginning of the Parsha, they visit Avram Avinu, they tell him, that a year from now we will return and Sarah will have a boy. Yitzchak was born one year later from that visit, and from Avraham's uh, house, the Malachim goes straight to Stom, and that's when Stom is destroyed. So Stom is destroyed a year before Yitzchak Avinu was born. Yitzchak is born when Avraham is 100 years old. Hence, Stom is destroyed when, when Avraham Avinu is 99. So therefore, says the Gemara, Stom existed as a city for 51 years. Right? From the time Avraham Avinu was 48 until the time he was 99. That is 51 years. So Tosvos want to know when during those 51 years, when did this war happen? This war in Perak Yudalid, when the, when the five uh, kings of the Stom area, when they fought the Far Eastern powers, when did that occur? Now, the Gemara there says that this region of Stom, they experienced 26 years of warfare. Why? Because as I said, the, the, uh, the Pesukim in the beginning of Perak Yudalid, they tell us that the cities of Stom were servants of the four kings of Amraphel and Kedar uh, Omer and the others for 12 years. of Omer and then for 13 years they rebuilt. It's actually a maklokas among the uh, in Chazal already and also in the Mefarshim whether it means that the rebellion was in the 13th year or whether they rebelled for 13 years. And this day in the Gemara, at least how Rashi understands, um, the Gemara clearly held that they rebelled for 13 years. So those are 25 years of unrest, the 12 years of subjugation, and then the 13 years of rebellion, and then the 14th year is when we had this conflict. So when did this conflict break out? It broke out after 25 years. Now if we assume that the city of Sdom was initially built uh, under the authority and under the rule of the four kings, of Amraphel and Kedar Lomer, it means that the, these, that the first 25 years of the city were uh, under this condition, were under this condition of, uh, of rule and then, and then rebellion. If so, says Tosvos, then we have a problem. Because, as we said, the city of Stone was founded when Avraham Avinu was 48 years old. And then the war broke out 25 years later. That means that the war happened when Avraham Avinu was 73. Now, that's a problem because, according to the Seder Olam, those, uh, it was between the ages of 70 and 75 that Avraham Avinu was in Haran. He first went to Eretz at 70, and then he went back to Haran for five years. And we know that Avraham Avinu was involved in this war. Not only that... But it says Mefurish that the that this, the palit, the refugee, came from the war to tell Avram Avinu what was going on, and the pasuk says explicitly, he is living in Hebron. He wasn't living in Hebron; he was living in Hebron. So that so Tosfos and Masechet Shabbos, they answer that the that the city of Stom did not initially begin under the subjugation under the rule of Amraphel and Kedar Laomer, the four kings. It happened two years later. Meaning, Stone was independent for two years, then they came under the subjugation 
of the four kings. And then you had the um, the 12 years followed by the 13 years. So that that, that would put Avram Avinu at 75 when when this war happens, which would work out with the Pesukim. Meaning right when Avram Avinu came to Eretz Canaan for the final time, for the second and final time. Tosvos, however, in Barachos, Masechah's Barachos, when they, when they discussed this issue, Tosvos there suggests that uh, Avram Avinu must have spent only three years in Haran, not five years. And he was back in Eretz Canaan at the age, at the age of 73, and in this sense, Tosvos disagrees with the, with the Seder Odom. Seder Odom says that Avram was five years back in Haran, and according to Tosvos, he was only three years back in Haran, and then he came back to Eretz Yisrael. That's as far as Tosfos is concerned. Uh, a problem that's uh, been discussed regarding um, regarding this view of Chazal, and particularly Rashi, as we said, Rashi in, in Parshas Bo brings down this measure of Chazal, that, uh, that Avram Avinu first came to Eretz Yisrael at the age of 70, and that's where this, that, and that's where he received the prophecy of Brisbane Abbasarim, and then he went back for five years. Rashi brings this down in his parish in Parshas Bo. Yet, uh, here in Parshas Lachlacha, at the beginning of Perak Tezvav, when the Torah introduces the account of the Brisbane Absarim, the Pasuk says, Achar HaDevarim HaElah. Okay, it happened after these events. Then HaKadosh Baruch appeared to Avram Avinu, and we have the story of Brisbane Absarim. Rashi quotes from the Medrash, Achar Shena'asalo Nezzeh, Shaharagaz HaMalachim, after this miracle, of Avram Avinu's victory over the four kings, right? Avram Avinu intervened on behalf of um, on behalf of the cities of Stom in order to rescue his nephew Lot, and uh, miraculously he defeated the four empires. So after that miracle, Hayadoeg Veomer Avram Avinu was very concerned, and he was wondering, Shema Kibalti Schar Al Kol Tzidkosai. Maybe this victory over the four kings that was my reward for all my uh, all my righteous conduct. And no, I'm not going to get any more reward. The first pasuk here in Perak Tezvav, the beginning of the Brisbane Episarium. HaKadosh Baruch reassured Avram, don't worry, I will still protect you. And he gives him promises that he's going to have children and Eretz Yisrael and so on. And he, Rashi later brings down that HaKadosh Baruch reassures Avram that he will not be punished for all the blood that he spilt during this battle, in this war. Now, according to Rashi here, clearly... Perak Tezvav, Brisbane Abbasarim, took place immediately after this war uh, with the four kings and the five kings. So, uh, as they say, Rashi's Mezaka Shtar al-Betrei. He tries to have it both ways. On the one hand, he quotes the Medrash in Parshas Bo. He quotes the Medrash that Avram Avinu was back in Haran between the ages of 70 and 75, and Brisbane Abbasarim was given to him at the age of 70. 30, that Brisbane Abbasarim was 30 years before Yitzhak was born, and therefore it was and the Parshas are out of sequence, and Brisbane Absarim took place really before the beginning of Parshas Dachacha. Yet at the same time, he tries to connect Perak Yidal and Perak Tezvav. He's telling us that the promise of Brisbane Absarim, the promises that God tells him in the beginning of Perak Tezvav, are directly, uh, they result from Avram's concerns uh, due to his involvement in this war. So how can you have it both ways like, like that? Okay, it seems very difficult that Rashi could, uh, could hold like both these Midrashim. So already Tosfos, that same Tosfos, Masechah's Brachos, deals with this issue. And Tosfos comes out with, uh, with really an amazing Chiddush. According to and Rashi would seem to have to hold this way. Tosfos divides Perak Tesvav. He says that, that Perak Tesvav is not what, what we always consider as uh, one story known as Brisbane Absorium. According to Tosfos, it's actually two distinct sections. 
The first section is this reassurance. He'll still have a lot of uh, a lot of reward, and Hashem reassures him that he will still have a son. And then he brings him outside. He says, He has him count the stars, and he says, And the section ends. Avram Avinu believed in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's promise, and uh, and this was. Uh, seen as, a, as meritorious on Avram's part. This ends the first section of Perak Tezvav. Then begins an entirely new episode according to, according to Tosvos, which is out of chronological sequence. This did not happen at this point of at this point in the narrative. This happened five years earlier when Avram Avinu was in Eretz Yisrael for the first time. And here already we have what's commonly known as Brisbane Abbasarim. Um... Here, HaKadosh Baruch tells Avram Avinu to bring the various animals uh, with which he made this covenant. And here we have the prophecy of Yadavah Tedaki Yezar HaBaretz Tolahem. So it's an amazing thing. You read this Nevuah, it seems like it's just one, uh, it's a single event. Yet, according to Tosos, these are actually two distinct Nevuahs that occurred five years apart, that for some reason the Torah combined into a single uh, narrative. And now, Tosos even try to bring, they, they bring proof to this. They bring the, it's not exactly a proof, but they quote the Rashbam, as commenting that this theory of dividing Perak Tezvav, dividing this prophecy, and making it into two distinct prophecies, this could help resolve what otherwise might be uh, an interesting uh, stira, an interesting co- contradiction. In the beginning of the Perak, in Pasuk Hay, it says that Hashem brought Avram Avinu outside and had him look, look up into the sky and, and count the stars. And Hashem says, then your, your offspring will be as numerous as the stars. Yet, later in the Perak, at the Brisbane Habsarim, when they actually make, and they have the formal uh, bris that they make, it says, Vahiyah Shemesh Ba'a, I'm reading now from Pasuk Yidbeis, Vahiyah Shemesh Lavo, I'm sorry, Vahiyah Shemesh Lavo, V'sademan Afla Al Avram, that the sun sat, and Avram, the sun set, excuse me, and Avram Avinu fell asleep, and that's when he beheld this Nevuah of, of, uh, of Shibit Mitzrayim, of Geriyah Zarachal Beretz Lolahem. So at the beginning of the parak, it seems like it was nighttime. Avram Avinu looked up and counted the stars, where he was told to count the stars. And towards the end of the parak, the sun sets. So how is that possible? So the Rashbam said this could be proof to this theory that we're talking about two different nevuas. This is not a single event, but rather two nevuas that were combined into a single um, into a single narrative in the Chumash. I do not have an explanation as to why, according to according to this theory of Tosos, which, as we said, Rashi would have to hold as well. I do not have an explanation as to why the Torah would combine these two prophecies into a single narrative. Uh, if anybody has any suggestions, you can just click the uh, the comment button there on the site, and uh, we'll be very happy to hear whatever suggestions you might have. So the uh, just one last point regarding this view of Chazal before we uh, briefly mention some of the other uh, shitos on this issue. The Abarbanel asks what's probably the more the most obvious question on this theory of Chazal. And the most obvious question on this theory that Avram Avinu first came to Haran at the uh, he first came from Haran to Eretz Canaan at the age of seventy. Listened, he heard, he beheld the Brisbane Absarim, the prophecy, and then he returned to Haran. Why did he do that? Why would he go back to Haran? The Rabbanel says, "Well, he didn't believe. He just received this promise, this prophecy of Brisbane Absarim, the Zarachat and Nasati Azos. He just received that nevuah. Why would he then?" Uh, return to Haran. It's as if Avram Vinu did not trust God. He didn't believe in this nevuah, and that's one of the kasha. That's basically the main kasha that Barbanel asks uh, when he uh, he basically refutes this theory. He disagrees with it, and uh, we'll see later. He has his own theory. Uh, this question is actually discussed in at least two sources in the Rishonim. 
the Rush uh, discusses this issue in Masechus Yivamos in Perak Vav. Um, the Rush he, he's talking there about the Mishnah, the, the Halacha mentioned in the Mishnah that um, if a couple lives together for ten years without beginning any children, then the husband has to marry another woman in order to be mekayim the mitzvah of puravu in order to reproduce. Obviously, I'm not going to discuss here the uh, the practical halacha, the ma'isa uh, applications of this halacha. Be as it may, the Rush quotes a shita that holds that if these ten years or any part of the ten years are in chutzlaritz, meaning if part of the ten years is when the couple is living outside Eretz Yisrael in chutzlaritz, this halacha does not apply. Halacha applies to a couple that spent ten years living in Eretz Yisrael without children. The reason being that. If they don't have children during their years in Chutzlaretz, that's not attributed to any problem, any infertility issues of the woman, but rather it's because they're living in, they're living in Chutzlaretz, and uh, because of the hate of living in Chutzlaretz, that's why they were not blessed with children, and therefore you don't make the husband marry another woman. And the example that's brought is that of Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is actually the Makar, the fact that he married Hagar, after 10 years, the, 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 uh, the Pasuk says it was 10 years after he moved to Eretz Yisrael, after he moved to Eretz Canaan. And that's the Raya. So part of this discussion, the Rush says that those five years, which according to the Medrash, Avram Avinu spent in Haran, after he first came to Eretz Yisrael, he went back to Haran for five years, those five years are not counted. The the 10 years that Avram and Sarah lived without children are only from the age of 75. We know Yishmael was born at the age of 85. So it was at the age of 75, when Avram Avinu was 75 years old, and that's when he came the second time. Those five years, the Rush said, did not count towards those ten years, because during those five years he didn't have any children, says the Rush, because of his chait. He, Avram Avinu Enechrami, he sinned. He sinned by leaving Eretz Yisrael, and for that he was punished. And the, the, their inability, Avram and Sarah's inability to have children during those five years was... Um, was due to this hate that Avram Avinu left Eretz Canaan and he went to Haran after Bris bin Habsarim. Uh, the Rush did, does not tell us what Avram Avinu was thinking. He doesn't tell us the rationale, what, why Avram Avinu decided to leave. But he does call it a hate. He says that it was a hate on Avram's part that he didn't remain in Eretz Yisrael. Um, a much different theory it appears in the Sefer Hasidim. The Sefer Hasidim has a section on Mitzvah Satulias Baaretz. And within this discussion, he mentions... This um, this theory of Avram Avinu, the five years spent in Haran, and the Sefer Hasidim says that is exactly what Hakadosh Baruch Hu initially instructed Avram Avinu to do. Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted Avram Avinu to go to Eretz Canaan for a very brief period. There he beheld the Brisbane Absarim and then returned to Haran. The interim five years, says the, says the Sefer Hasidim, those interim five years were meant to uh, build Avram's anticipation, to build his excitement. After coming to Eretz Yisrael, it was almost like a tease that he got to. He got a brief glimpse of what Eretz Yisrael was like, a, a taste of the Kedusha Haaretz, and then during those five years, he was uh, he was supposed to anticipate and long to return to Eretz Yisrael, so that his final relocation in Eretz Yisrael would be uh, really with profound simcha, with excitement and enthusiasm and zeal, and so according to Sefer Hasidim. Avram Avinu did not sin at all. To the contrary, this was precisely the plan. This is precisely what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. Anyway, so that answers the Rabbanel's question. Rabbanel asked, what was Avram Avinu thinking? Why did he go back to Haran after Bishman Absarim? So the Sefer Hasidim says, that's what, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. That was, that was exactly the plan. Um, just before we get on to, um, to some of the other Pshatim and the Rishonim, in the Mepharshim, I just want to read to you very, very briefly a comment of the Maharal Prague 
in uh, Gur Aryeh, that's his uh, that's his parish on Parish Rashi. And in just because uh, obviously this theory of Chazal seems very very difficult to understand, I, not, not much to understand, but at least uh, it just seems so far fetched in terms of reading the Pesukim that uh, one begins to wonder: Is this really possible? And the Maharal knew that. Maharal was aware of the difficulty that people might have in uh, in accepting this medrash. And he says as follows. He he discusses this medrash in his Guraya and Parshas Bo. And he says, I have elaborated on this issue. Why? Because of those who try to be smarter than Chazal. And they ask all types of difficult questions. And they found it very difficult, Lomar, to say, that the decree of Brisbane Absarim, they found this theory very, very difficult. But the Maral insists, the words of Chazal, those are the, they are the correct words, that's the correct approach. And it's, it's, it's worthwhile to, uh, to heed and to accept the, uh, the words of Chazal. And if you if you read and study them very very carefully, you'll see that they are founded on foundations of truth. There's no reason to um, there's no reason to elaborate further. Um, nevertheless, the Maharal does elaborate a little bit further, and he says here at the end, he says. He said, we should not deviate from these words of Chazal, So he insists that this is the correct theory, even with all the difficulty uh, involved and as far-fetched as this theory might seem. Nevertheless, uh, as mentioned, uh, some of Farshim give other explanations, and in fact, uh, even in Chazal, even in Chazal, in Tzernam Midrashim, we find uh, that this is not the universally accepted opinion. Uh, for example, in the Medrash Barashas Rabbah, Perak Vav, Parsha Beis, we find the we find the comment to the effect that Avram Avinu was 85 years old at Brisbane Habasarim, and that works out chronologically very well. I mean, not chronologically, but in terms of the flow of the uh, of the narrative, Perak Tezvav, the Brisbane Habasarim, is right before Perak Tezayin. Perak Tezayin is the story of Avram's marriage to Hagar, which, as we said, that well, that was uh, when he was at 85. We know that because uh, according to Chazal. Hagar conceived immediately after marrying Avram, and she gave birth to Yishmael. And we know from the end of the parsha that Avram Avinu, at the time of his bris milah, was ninety-nine years old, and Yishmael was thir- was thirteen years old. Which means that Yishmael was born when Avram Avinu was eighty-six, and if uh, Hagar conceived uh, nine months earlier, so Avram Avinu was about eighty-five when he married Hagar. And if so, that medrash that certainly works well with the presentation of the um, of the pesukim themselves. That's uh, anyway. And certainly, uh, several mefarshim disagreed with this view of Chazal. The Ramban, in his discussion there in Parshas Bo, the Ramban he claims that very simply, the what Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Avram Avinu was not that his descendants will be slaves for four hundred years, but rather his descendants will be slaves for at least four hundred years. The four hundred years was a minimum, not a maximum. And as we know from Sefer Yecheskel Perachaf, Bnei Yisrael uh, committed all types of terrible averos, uh, they assimilated and so on while they were in Egypt. And the Ramban claims that they were therefore punished with an extra 30 years of subjugation of, of slavery. 
So therefore, he, that, that's how he resolves the Pesukim very, very simply. Kakash Baruch Hu here in Parshat Lachlacha warns of 400 years, but Lamaisa, in effect, it took, it was an extra 30 years because of B'nai Israel's unworthiness. It just turned out, according, according to the Ramban, uh, according to this uh, view of the Ramban, it turns out that B'nai Israel were in Mitzrayim not for 210 years, as is commonly assumed, but rather for 240 years, because of those extra 30 years. That is the view of the Ramban. The Ibn Ezra, he has a different uh, theory, again, there in Parshat Bo. He claims that the 400 years, as we said, is from the time of Yitzchak's birth, and the extra 30 years is counting from the time when Avram Avinu left Ur Kasdim. We know from the Pesukim at the end of Parshas Noach that Avram left with his family when he was uh, still a child. Actually, no, he was a child. He was, I think, actually, he was already married at the time. But Terach, his father, took uh, took his sons and their wives. They went from Ur Kasdim, where Avram Avinu grew up. They went to Haran. And then it was in Haran where, where Hashem appeared to Avram and told him to move to Eretz Canaan. So already once Avram Avinu left Ur Kasdim, and Ibn Ezra speculates that happened 30 years before Brisbane Habasarim, 30 years earlier they left Ur Kasdim to go to Haran. Already at that point Avram Avinu was a stranger. He was a ger, Be'eretz Lolo. And therefore the, um, this period of, uh, this period foreseen in Brisbane Absarim could be said to have a, to have begun already at that early point, already from Avram, from the time when Avram Avinu left Ur Kastim. Um, other Mufarshim seem to take this approach as well. Uh, Rab Sajigon in a, uh, in a passage in Sefer Munos Fideos, he seems to say this as well. And as well as the, the Vilna Gon. Uh, the Vilna Gon in his Hagos to the Seder Olam, uh, he also says that, uh, that the period of Gir Zaracha began when Avramavino had to run away from Rakasim, as with all the Madrashim, uh, as they described, that Avramavino had to flee Rakasim because Nimrod was trying to uh, was trying to kill him for, for not believing in idols. There is uh, another position of the Abarbanel, which is probably the simplest of all. Uh, the Abarbanel says, very simply, when HaKadosh says to Avramavino, 400 years, he just rounded off to the nearest hundred. He predicted 430, but uh, he rounded it off. He, he's, he was not interested in telling Avram Avinu precisely how many years it was. He, he's, so he said a round number, 400 years, and in actuality, it turned out to be 430 years. So these, this, is, this is how uh, some of the Mepharshim chose to reconcile this problem without resorting to the uh, very novel theory of Chazal that the Brisbane Absarium took place when Avram Avinu was 70 years old before, and that he had to come, and that he came to Eretz Israel twice, once um, for a brief period, and then he went back to Haran. These Mepharshim were not happy with that theory, and therefore they developed their own uh, their own approaches. Thank you very much, and Shabbat Shalom.